Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. I'm Ricardo Deacon and I'm here with... Orna Medinas. And this is the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen, then we meet to discuss it. Take turns. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio and welcome. This week's film was chosen by Orla. It is Experimenter. All the way back to 2015. Oh Jesus, you, you can't get it, give it over. You can't wait. I don't know. You're stuck in a decade. Then I can't get out of it. Directed by Michael Almereda, produced by Danny Abasaker, Fabio Gollenbeck, Permelita, Ison Robbins, Amy Schuf, and Yuri Singer. Written by Michael Almereda, starring Peter Sarsgaard and Winona Ryder. Winona. Winona. Hello, Winona. Just I like I knew like in my head it was like how long until the justified car <laughs> took on them. Music by Brian Senti, cinematography by Ryan Samuel, edited by Catherine J. Schuber. Uh, the movie is from 2015, as previously discussed, and the synopsis is: In 1961, social psychologist Stanley Milgram conducts controversial experiments designed to measure conformity, conscience, and free will. Mm. Into the point. Mm. As it should be. So, Orla, you picked this movie. Why did you pick this movie? <laughs> well, Ricardo, I picked this movie because um, I saw this uh, randomly. But why? <laughs> <laughs> but why, Orla? <laughs> um, I can't remember why. It was this random event. I can't remember if I found it or if Kira, uh, sister slash friend of the pod, found it. I can't remember, but it was like the UCD Science Expression Festival or something. Yeah, and they had like all these events on and one of them was uh, a screening of this in the AFI with uh, a kind of a talk afterwards with, um, this is in 2015, obviously, whenever the, the film came out. and uh, With the ghost of Stanley Milgram. Oh yeah, it's just hovering, hovering in the background. <laughs> uh, and they had kind of like notable kind of science uh, lecturers and like various people. They had kind of a panel discussion. Uh, which is kind of interesting. They talked as much about the work as they did about the actual film itself. Uh, and it obviously like devolved into a massive argument about the uh, <laughs> the ethics of the experiment. But um, it was it was, uh, it was was an interesting evening. But uh, I really, really liked the film. And uh, it really kind of stuck in my head afterwards. Um, I, find, I find this film just like really fascinating for a number of reasons. And like the main <laughs> reason is the fact that this is a film that does a rare thing for me, which is it manages to have like somewhat theatrical or stagey moments and yet doesn't annoy me, um, which in my mind is, a, is an achievement. Um, like I'll never understand your hatred for theatre, but there well, we go. Well, you know, here we are. But uh, I think that that's uh, uh, an interesting part of this. But I think like that's it's only kind of one one part of, of the film, I think. But um so like thinking, I was thinking about like you know why didn't why didn't it annoy me, and um, like I think there there are a number there are a number of reasons why. Um, I think obviously like the subject matter here is is like it's incre- it's an incredibly fertile ground for both a biopic and also just a film in general. Like this is you know it's a very interesting era. It's a very interesting time in psychology. It's very interesting. He was a very interesting man. Um, and I think like his personality as much as anything um, lends itself or is reflected in one of the most interesting parts of this, which is the tone, I think. Um, and it kind of it, it made me think of um, like the tone and, and the structure and like the script writing and everything and the way this whole thing is put together. And like the tone of it made me think more of something like um, Love and Mercy or even like Mr. Turner. Um, where it, it has, it's like this strange sort of like light melancholy kind of um uh feeling and it uh like it manages to take its subject um like very seriously i think that this this film has like it's not a message film necessarily but it has it has it it's taking like the the subject matter and the the man and his work seriously um but in at the same time in a very kind of like light way like a, a like a ponderous but um like this film really like goes along very like um like the pace of this I think is very well done and like it it gives the his ideas and the man himself kind of like the weight they deserve and like their impact on like twentieth century and twentieth first century twenty first century like science and you know even popular culture and stuff but also like you know pointing out that the man was you know a singularly focused uh, <laughs> obsessive 
and uh, you know, like the the certain ethical problems within his original experiments, and the sort of like the impact on them um, in the years afterwards. Um, what I like about this is that it's funny. I thought a lot about like watching it this time. Um, the Stanford spirit, uh, Stanford just uh, the Stanford prison experiment. Did you ever see that? No, um, I, like I've read about it extensively. Yeah, which is like that's 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 sort of taking it's a it's a different experiment, obviously. And putting it into more of a kind of a like thriller, almost horror movie scenario, um, and which is like similar to the wave, the the uh, German yeah, movie yeah, yeah, that yeah, has yeah, the same... like you know oh, what 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 happens whenever you put this into a modern, you know, you you actually do this in real life and blah blah blah, and uh, yeah, it's a similar. Uh, I think the wave is a more interesting film than the Stanford Prison Experiment is, but um, you know, it, it's a it's it's a thriller. It's it's a it's a very different um, take on um, this kind of um, this kind of film. And uh, like, I don't like this film is not it's not there to shock. Like everyone is aware of this experiment, I think, in a kind of even in like a loose pop psychology kind of way. Like I don't I don't think this film is there to, to for you to sit and be like, oh, my God. And, you know, like, oh, I would never do that or or whatever. I think that like that doesn't take any sort of like power out of out of the film. Um, like. I think it's a very human it's a very human film and I really like the opening scene um in particular and how you're kind of like thrown into the situation with these people and um uh, it's very uncomfortable um and it almost like 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 uncomfortably funny like these people and uh I don't necessarily think that like we judge them necessarily you kind of understand their reaction more than judge their decisions um and I think that like it made me think a lot of um of like um, something like Mindhunter as well and, and the kind of like the precision of, of this film and uh, I want to talk about this as a period piece because I thought like uh, it was very funny after doing uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl which has a much more heightened version of it's a, you know like yeah. it's a different decade but this is a very like I think the colour palette and uh, like the, the blues and the greys and the cinematography in general like this is a very measured film and I think it, it's very cinematic and looks more expensive than it is, I think, because I don't think the budget for this was like anything whatsoever. But um, it's just it's very it's very beautifully made, and I think he makes some like interesting, brave choices in the in the very like stylistic but still quite muted way that he like uh, uses. Uh, even like I was thinking of Tower as well, um, uses kind of like uh, like archive and and like combines all these strange things. And I think sometimes it doesn't work notably in the scene with the TV show. I don't think that section works at all and it's really quite strange. Although, oh my God, look up the show. It's like, there's just bits of it on YouTube and it's hilarious, <laughs> William Shatner. But um, I think as well, like some of the performances in this, like I love Peter Sarsgaard anyways. Like he's just like from things like um shattered glass or whatever even like sort of things like you know an education or whatever like i love him yeah. and he turns up in things and is just brilliant like he's often I the best it, thing in things yeah. like uh jarhead and stuff yeah like. and he just you know, he turns up in things every so often and it's interesting to see him in this where he's much obviously the main character and uh it kind of made me think of jackie as well um all like another kind of interesting take on a biopic um and obviously he's in it as well and i think he's really good in it and um, he just he has like such an interesting face and voice and he, I think he really captures like what I know of Milgram like of his of his strange personality of, of the of the very like closed off measured but also like incredibly dry humor like there's some quite f- funny moments in this of things that he just like of him just almost like glancing to the to the camera and I think it's annoying now like with the whole fourth wall breaking thing where um I just automatically think of something like House of Cards. No, I um, more of Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that that has to be a good thing. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, no House of Cards is is so horrendously tainted. But um, even still, I think by it, it season fell... two and three before Kevin Spacey well, allegations even came out. It felt it felt it felt like a bit of a gimmick. The more that that show went on, and um, I don't think it feels like a gimmick here. And um, of course, we're talking about the American House of Cards, not the British. House yes, of Cards. obviously, obviously. But um, which was a fucking mini series, which is what the remake should have been. But anyways, it made too much money. But uh, I think um, there's also some very very interesting no, money media now, Orla. Couldn't be. <laughs> What? what are you talking about? Uh, turning light into money, what? Mm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, um, I think as well. There's all obviously some very, very, very good cameos in this, 
and uh, most notably, or Anton Yelkin making his second appearance. And uh, and and I think that really like lends an extra weight to yeah. the sections of the experiments because like every one of those actors I think is just absolutely brilliant and brings something in very very short scenes. Like I think those scenes are, are just really really brilliant. Um, uh, so yeah, I think like obviously there's a lot of questions about um, the work itself and and like this as a biopic and the, the certain decisions that he's made as a director. So um, I thought even if you like fucking hated it, I thought we'd have um, something to discuss. <laughs> so uh, Ricardo, what did you think of Experimentor? Well, there's things that I really like and things that I really didn't like in this movie. Uh, okay, it's uh, one of those that I was disappointed. No. It's Shit. been a while. Fuck's sake. For beginners, I think that uh, this movie pales so much in comparison to Jackie that it's not even like they're not even in the same playing field. Jackie, yeah. I think, is like as close as it can be to a flawless biopic, and this, I think, at times completely. The major issue I have with this movie as a biopic, before mm. anything else, is that. It does the mistake of not focusing enough in one era of the character. I think that biopics are far more interesting. Something like you, you mentioned, Love and Mercy, that even though it's two sections of his life, it's like two sections that are very specific, uh, specific and closed down. Like I, I like it feels like hitting all the greatest moments, let's say, or not greatest hits because it's not. A, in the way of like a Johnny Cash movie or something, mm. because like Walk the Line is the best example of that structure. Is, yeah, but it's the only really good example of uh, the play the greatest hits of a movie. I that think they're just to say the biopic thing. I think there are definitely examples of where taking specific, not necessarily big moments in someone's life, can also go very awry in the form. Oh, of, yeah. in the sense of uh, Steve Jobs, and then <laughs> also like the you have like some of those like fucking. Paul McCartney meeting John Lennon, uh, starring Aidan Gillen and uh, I can't remember who else. Like Aidan Gillen as Paul McCartney, which is like not Aidan Gillen, a- Aidan Quinn, uh, your man from like Legends of the Fall and stuff. Um, what movie is that? It's like Paul and John in Manhattan or some oh, shit. No. And, like, so like you have all the like biopics is like the the most fucking used almost like, and it's really hard to like not feel that the film is a movie of the week kind of scenario that this movie avoids. But uh, I think because it doesn't spend enough time with the experiment itself mm. or afterwards, like it's the, the problem with a movie when you choose this structure that you start glancing over moments that in other movies, if you're just doing like a character piece and you're thinking this is a fictional character, mm. you'd spend a lot more time developing. So uh, like there'll be beats that uh, are missing and stuff like for example and then there's like even with that then the the whole part in the in the movie uh, of the tv show is completely unnecessary and it's like why are you doing that instead of showing more of the other stuff because it doesn't tell you more about milgram doesn't tell you about his yeah i don't like i don't like that scene at all (laughs) and most of all is the actor playing william shatner Waste the opportunity of playing William Shatner. He just plays like a normal actor, like slightly saying like weird just shit. Arrogant. Like, uh, yeah, like you could have been William Shatner. <laughs> like uh, you, you could have chewed the scenery. Like uh, yeah. and he decides to like just be in the background. He also there. seems too young somehow. Yeah. It's really bizarre. And too skinny as well. Yeah, like, like was, William Shatner has always been like broad. Like, yeah, he's a barrel man. Like he's not. He was never small. Like his finger, tiny, tiny toes gripping the mountain, because Captain Kirk is in love with the mountain. Dun, dun. Yeah. Um, uh, the, Already so many fantastic tangents. There's a. There's a. Uh, a few other things in the in the movie itself. The. I had issues with, like, for example, the fucking elephant and, like, oh, yeah, it's a joke, the first part, but when the elephant keeps going, it's like, your movie doesn't have a big budget. Stop spending money on an elephant. <laughs> I didn't 
just like that because it's only like a very it's a very small part of those scenes and I very much enjoyed the scenes and like of him walking yeah. towards the car the, like up the corridor and like how they kind of like return to that motif where they have like the guy who plays the older guy in the experiment yeah. and how you like him where he's like you know like say like I, I really like that that use of that um continuing use of that and the thing that it's uh, the weird the weird thing that is both a criticism but also what i like the most about the movie that for the first like 40 minutes or something when it's focusing on the experiment because it's really just focusing on the experiment with like uh, unless it diverges to very thinly create the character of Winona Riders, which is like such a waste because she's such I a good actress. I think it was. I wouldn't say thin. I don't think it's as broad as she's it could have been. Way particularly thin. considering um, that this movie is like dedicated to her at the end. She's so thin she could be on Eucharist. Like. Uh... <laughs> Did you steal that from somewhere? No, I just is, thought of it. That is fucking brilliant. <laughs> It probably is oh somewhere because it's an obvious Oh, that is but. too good. That is great. I enjoyed uh, that immensely. <laughs> but that's uh, one issue. And then, like, I do think, I agree with you, the, the cameos are, like, uh, like, very good performances per se. But I found them incredibly distracting. Uh, Anton Yelch's weird accent, for one, I was like, what is he meant to be? But he is Russian, though. Yeah, but like, uh, he, but it's the same as the fucking Scotty accent, uh, like, he puts in, in the, like, even though it's like me fucking putting a Mexican accent, it, it, just because I speak Spanish in real yeah, life. Yeah, you can't mean do that, accents. Yeah, but neither does Anton Yelch, like, in Star Trek. I think it was that bad. Yeah, like, it was kind of. Yeah, like, but like, it's, you can't, you can't compare this to Star Trek, because in Star Trek, everybody's doing a yeah. bad accent. Simon Pegg. No, Simon Pegg is doing an amazing bad accent. Uh, then you have... Uh, I don't dislike like, Simon Pegg. As soon as the, the movie starts as well, that the first uh, teacher, quote-unquote, is fucking Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though! And, uh, so I love him, though, because he's just so great. Yeah, and like, he just and made I'm me like, think of Zodiac, which yeah, is always going to be a good thing. Like, uh, just thinking that he's about to fucking take like animal crackers out of his butthole <laughs> or something. Uh, then you have like fucking John Leguizamo like overacting to fuck as well, uh, which I, I didn't love him, enjoy. And then like Jim Gaffigan as well, like it's the best thing that I've seen Jim Gaffigan in. Mm. Uh, but also my favorite thing in the entire movie, and uh, at the same like already jumping the shark here, but <laughs> I think it's the inclusion twice, not once, of some enchanting evening from South Pacific. Twice. Yeah. When's the second time? Second time he uh fucking Peter Sarsgaard is uh singing in the street. Oh I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the same yeah. South Pacific song as like Born of Sapphires in the Sea. Alright, it's a great Another song. moment that should not work for me, but somehow it does. <laughs> well like I think that that song sung randomly in movies always works like when Harrison Ford sings it in American Graffiti as well like it should be included in every movie like uh, imagine like fucking Elizabeth starring Kate Blanchett or fucking my people yeah. uh. Clive Owen in the second one is like riding the boat going some enchanting evening what um. a special treat Ricardo singing Oh yeah, fucking! I can hear <laughs> the assassin's bullet like <laughs> hit the back of my head. Ricardo is currently now. obsessed that there is a sniper about to snuff him out at any moment. <laughs> Lee Charlie is Oswald. Bull- is this bulletproof glass? I can't believe um. Charlie Oswald. <laughs> the Harvey Oswald's long lost cousin. <laughs> and also, the thing that I thought that I'd never need in my life, but I needed. So hard in the end was Peter Sarsgaard with a fucking turtleneck oh my and God. a beard, but he no mustache. that off. Like, when like <laughs> when he turns around because it, like when that like look is revealed, it's like from the back of his head, and he slowly <laughs> turns like the, the camera. He's like on the train platform <laughs> with the glasses, and I was like, no, it can't, is that him? It's like what the I fuck? I think he pulls it off though. I think that like the art department and the um. Uh, and the production design in this are just like absolutely no perfect. And like he shouldn't be able to pull off that beard at all. It should be so stagey. And yet somehow he just does because he just has this face. Like it is an inspired bit of casting, I think. Like, But even when the makeup is like, you know, you know, generally good, sometimes it just it 
doesn't work and I like yeah. it's a combination of how people are shot and then also how some actors just can't do makeup yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it affects them somehow. And, like, you know, there's some, like, famous... Ex- of, but, like, it, like, even if you think of something like... What was that Johnny Depp thing where you had the eyes? That fucking gangster thing? Oh, fucking... Uh, oh. What's his face? Uh, the... the Ah, uh, fucking Boston something. I mean, and, like, um... he's just... it's It becomes such an affectation. Like, in the way that... Um, you know, even like Jack Sparrow or something. Like, I don't think that Johnny Depp is, is able to do it except in something like Edward Scissorhands where he, you know, it's like pointed that the character yeah. is awkward and like in the least yeah, irritating. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like the Johnny Depp thing just like run out of steam very quickly. After yeah, him. well, yeah. Like, and I, that, that again, he's... that is something where Winona Ryder is like absolutely fantastic. But um, I fucking love Winona Ryder though. I, I remember whenever Stranger Things came out and people were like, oh my God, Winona Ryder, what happened to her? And I was just like, I've always loved Winona Ryder. And she would turn up in weird things yeah. like this and like fucking Waking Life and stuff and just be like the strange, like like thin little woman that she is with her big eyes. And like, she's just got such a fantastic face. Like I, I didn't... Um, and even like shit like Angelina Jolie got all the plot is for Girl Interrupted, but Winona Ryder's performance yeah. is far superior. Oh it's my just God. that it's not so showy. Like, yeah. it's not like, uh, and even in this is like why I was disappointed because like I really like Winona Ryder yeah. and I'm really happy that like uh, Stranger Things had put her, like, made her a star again, basically. Yeah. And like she deserves everything that like like just her face on the fucking golden gloves last year oh my god so like, good um, <laughs> but uh but her in this hopper movie is going mental such a fucking thankless role and i think that the the issue i don't think movie... i don't think it's it's completely thankless and i think part of that is um their scenes together because like i think they play off each other very very well and like even the scenes with like that scene in the cafe and everything and i think like part of it that becomes problematic is because he is such a singular character that everything else even his own experiment almost starts to become overshadowed by his sheer ego and yeah but th- that is interesting in a way like yeah th- is that i think that no i think it's, it's interesting but i think it starts to overshadow where they just like they could have done it but i like they they just like choose not to and it's kind of disappointing well, because the, the ego part when it comes to the experiment, I think that is interesting because you understand the experiment and you're seeing the experiment. Yeah. And, and you you can imagine like the experiment going on while the camera is not shooting, let's say, while the film is not showing us, you know. Uh, well, Winona Ryder's character lives within the four fra- uh, the four corners yeah. of, the, of the, the film. And then it's like... Yeah, she can play off Peter Sarsgaard because she's a great actress. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. No, no, like, Winona Ryder saves this. And you could imagine this being played by someone else. But it, it is it, a it thankless been... role. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, it's only being elevated by her talent, not because the role is a good role. Yeah. It's like, you can't imagine, like, that's the, the, the I think the coming to that you mentioned, uh, uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, is the same issue that I have with the Kirsten Wick character, but the thing is that Winona Ryder is a better, no, sorry, not the issue I had with Kirsten Wick character, I thought that it was the opposite issue. Yeah. That the writing was there, the performance wasn't getting all the notes that could be there to create the the external life. Yeah. Well, I think the Winona Ryder creates sort of an external life with because nothing. Because she's so great, yeah. Uh, but it still is not. She's not able to cross over to that line that you can't imagine her in a scene without Peter Sarsgaard's character because mm. you don't know who she is without him. Like uh, she's too sidelined for somebody that was so involved. And his life, even like just as a secretary and stuff, like she was involved in the later experiments. Like he would bounce ideas to with her. Like mm. it was it far more of feel, a partnership. Yeah, than this it doesn't. It depicts. doesn't. It doesn't feel quite like a like a partnership. Uh, and there was like it's not like this is not a particularly long film. So yeah. like you could have had time to. to and do also it. with the some of the shit that like the movie spends time doing that like all the bit of like the part of ethics in Harvard. It's like it doesn't. If you think about the the structure of the movie, the movie is about an hour and 40 minutes. The first half an hour to 40 minutes is dedicated to the actual uh, experiment, his famous, um, what's the name of the experiment again? Uh, Obedience test? Obedience test, test, yeah. Yeah. The first 40 minutes is the obedience test. Then the next hour of the movie has to focus on his time at Harvard trying to get tenure and then not getting tenure. 
than his defense of the of the experiment than his movement towards like going to Europe or whatever for a holiday then his book coming out then the fucking TV show then him being like a, a teacher as well and then all the experiments that go within the teaching okay mm. I think that the the movie would have serviced a lot better if the you had the first 40 minutes of the movie of the experiment and then the last like the next hours focusing on him being a teacher but using dialogue whatever to call back everything that happened yeah, like, before kind I, of thing. I do like within the first um like uh the first kind of like half an hour whenever they start to call back to um how he meets her and everything because i really like those scenes um but yeah like the the end part i think is, is more interesting especially like as we get to go into his other experiments yeah, precisely. which are like nowhere near as like say impactful or shock shocking but, more interesting, but are far more interesting like especially the thing about um like the posting and everything and like i yeah. absolutely love the way he um shows that like of the, the like dotting around um the the different parts of the the, the country and everything and like exactly like and, and like this is a movie that is like just like so much of just like exposition yeah and it completely works because the Those way are the he... best parts of the movie which yeah. is very rare it, yeah. it's a movie that is strangely not it doesn't hold the conviction the like what you're saying about the theatrical <coughs> theatricality got there in the end the, um <laughs> that you have the the parts that are the most interesting is like in the classroom and when he's like just exp- like doing the exposition of his other experiments mm. and then also when like the original experiment is going on in this clear set like it looks like a set and and shot very on purpose i think like i said yeah uh, oh i think so yeah uh, everything feels very purposeful in this Uh, and i think the but it's the weird thing is that in the the middle of the movie decides to be like oh we have to be a real movie so we have to expand it we have to get more characters and don't give a shit about any of the characters his friend that gets divorced three times i'm like (laughs) i don't even know why you're getting divorced what what is your character flaw even if it is like i didn't find him i didn't find him very interesting but i i find or didn't find like him very interesting but i liked him at the same time Yeah, like it's a likable performance again because all the performances are good in this movie but they're doing the heavy lifting for poor writing. But at the same time, it's overwritten because there's a lot of plot points and scenes that don't need to be in the movie. Mm. And I feel the same with the direction at times. That is like the the scene when they go to like the the dinner in the house and it's like back projection or something. The it's like <laughs> I love that or whatever. when we were talking about it last week about um the back projection over there in the car and how it's like like you know it doesn't date as badly as a lot of movies from that time because like they don't overshow it and I love it in this that it's so pointedly like you know ridiculous almost i wanted it to be more like lecture wise like in a way like college because the movie in the first the beginning and the end shows the audience to be interested on the just the interesting things that this guy is experimenting with Mm. well the middle of the movie is like oh yeah but we have to give the the rest of the the audience some entertainment the middle middle definitely sags and like i mean it's even like sags a bit before it gets to um to the point of the actual TV show, because yeah. the whole build up to the to the bit on the set as well, where he's like, and even where he has like the one like bet with Winona Ryder that I really didn't like, uh, where the they, fight, yeah, yeah, and it just felt really like it not not like constructed in the the pointed way of the rest of the movie. It just felt like oh, it's a movie again. Oh yeah, you know, the like, souffle definitely collapsed in the middle. Uh, of this yeah, movie, like, it was yeah. quite, but somehow they it rose again towards the end. Because even when I was watching it again this time, and I was just like, I was like, God, you know, I remember liking. I was like, I can't remember because I remember there was a turn somewhere where it gained it all back again, and I was like, "Is there?" And then I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, it it, it does it does gain it back, which I think is a very hard thing to do." But um, yeah, like it it is it is a strange considering like how bold his choices are, like and yeah. I mean, not that this guy is sort of you know, it's not nothing he's doing is particularly revolutionary, but it's it's the combination of things together I think is which makes this quite interesting and um. Like not even just as a as a biopic, but um, even just as a sort of like historical period piece in general. Like the the things he chooses to show of the yeah. of the period and stuff, and um, it's very interesting. It, it does make me think so much of Mindhunter because Mindhunter has a very similar um, it has aesthetic. very similar flaws as well. <laughs> it, oh my god, it actually does. It actually does. 
I didn't even think about that actually. Even with like the female character and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's quite interesting. Um. Well, uh, the movie clearly fucking sides with Milgram when it comes to the ethics of his experiment. Is very clear on its decision to mm-mm. to stand by his man. Let's say the director. What do you? What is your position on the ethics of the obedience experiment? Um, so I think that like there's sort of like sort of two questions really. It's like, is the experiment like unethical because the people could have had like you know psychological implications from it, or is it unethical because the data ends up being tainted? And I think like in a way, yes to both. But I don't think it doesn't mean that it's relevant or important. You know what I mean? I think his methods, despite the fact that, like, yeah, he did various, he you know, attempted to do various um, variations of it and everything and, like, tried to, like, introduce women and everything and, and whatever. But, like, uh, I really saw an interesting thing about how, like, um, ultimately what he was attempting to... Um, like his actual experiment itself, like his actual findings are are, are flawed and... Um, like scientifically unethical in the, in the way he chose his participants and stuff and yeah. in that way like and um, uh, in the way that like they the only way that they got participants was through newspaper articles or newspaper um, advertisements and they were paid as well <clears throat> yeah so that's two things right there that is tainting your sample because despite the fact that he's taking different genders different ages different races different everything from a wide range of um, a location because it was all across like one large part of a typical American town like typical American people whatever um, there's kind of the USA you know like the yeah but like the idea of like the people who obviously there's always going to be particular you know like certain people that will volunteer for things anyways but the fact that it, it was specifically a newspaper article as well so you end up getting participants has to be somebody that, that reads that newspaper yes and who is the kind of person who is willing to respond to an ad who's you know what i mean so it's like there'll be a different there's questions kind of people if you put an ad in the new york times or yes, in the new exactly. york Post. so it's 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 kind of it it's very questionable and like what i find so strange about this experiment is that like the, this this is such a big part of modern psychology and like you know and even modern culture and everything and like how how much has been written about this guy and yet every time they attempt to recreate but not recreate but kind of like update say his his um his experiment it ends up falling into this a lot of the same problems that the original did like i I like i didn't i like to be fair i did not in-depth research this so i don't know but like a lot of the like high profile ones that they did in different countries and stuff like one of the problems as well is that they were only ever they've only ever been um recreated and like recreated properly not just like i'm doing my undergrad thesis yeah. on this you know what i mean like as in where you do a study with like up to a thousand people or whatever in proper laboratory conditions um but like I, yeah, I find I find it very strange and and like because like the implications of this kind of research are incredibly far-reaching and incredibly important. I think in to how like society as a whole functions, not just particular yeah. societies or society. Like it, it's it's a very like like really delving into a very very like deep level of um, human like intelligence and. Like it, this is very prof- like it's profoundly important. I think like the questions that he brings up and like you know it's obviously it's 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 all it's interesting how like even still I think that um, people disregard this kind of idea, um, but that it's always going to be relevant. Um, you know, like I think that yeah. this is this is leading back to a lot of things that we've talked about before. Like, and it's interesting that obviously the like World War Two um, is the big um, catalyst for him delving into this topic but that even the that the the Nuremberg trials and everything and are going on simultaneously and like you know so there's a lot of themes here and like the idea of like fascism and how people fall into um, I, it wasn't the Nuremberg trials or no it wasn't the Nuremberg trials it was early 60s what was it it was the the trial the, the guy, guy that they found in, in Buenos South Aires America, or something yeah. yeah yeah what was that guy's name ah he wasn't very high up but he was like Eichmann maybe. Maybe it was. I don't know. But um, I thought that was kind of it's an interesting setting, um, and obviously like incredibly relevant to not just Milgram but the time itself and the fact that like this is in the middle of Vietnam as well, 
Um, what do what what do you think of the like? I mean, well, like there's a lot of questions there. So, like, what do you think of the original experiment itself? And like, of the time, I think that the only unethical thing on the experiment itself, like as it is presented, I think that I don't think that getting uh, it might be scientifically unethical to present your findings as something that is scientific if you your your base of subjects is not as widespread as it should be let's say because mm. they got newspapers and, and the scenario as well uh, itself even the fact of like being in laboratory conditions and but i don't think that means that it's completely irrelevant at but, all like i i think it is in the sense like i i, I don't think that is irrelevant but i think that that part is ethical like i think that it's just poor research rather than an issue of ethics mm. like uh and as well, I don't think it's unethical the way that he presented it on his book and stuff because he presents it as it was done. So if people are criticizing him for, like, it'd be unethical if he said uh, there like was. He had I don't know though. I saw things. there's a thing on the Wikipedia entry that I then didn't have time to look into where apparently in like 2012 or something, some um, research scientist actually looked into his original like notes and writings and everything, like all the research that went into the book itself and how apparently he had skewed some of the but i'm not talking the about the the book uh, has, like uh, on the actual uh, paper that like scientific paper well, i don't know if it was they, the book or the paper that well like in the papers like the, they would have had to 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 read through the through the information and in their his notes as part of like publishing a a paper so i, I, don't, know. I don't know i didn't i didn't try to look into it but but uh when it comes to the experiment itself, I, I don't think, I think it's unethical, but only for one reason and one reason only. And it's something that could have been remedied uh, to make it ethical. Mm. That I think that it's an experiment, uh, worth, was an experiment worthwhile pursuing and having to have the subject not understand, like not know what the test was yeah, originally yeah, yeah. was necessary. And I think that, uh, what was necessary for afterwards to make it ethical was to have an actual psychiatrist there to debrief the person. Yeah. And then have a follow up like a couple weeks later kind of thing. Mm. You know, somebody to deal because they have that session uh, afterwards, like a year later or something when he's been investigated for ethics. You can tell how they still have so much anger to, and confusion I because think. they didn't have time to, uh, to process proce it yeah or not even time but like the ability to process yeah. it they just left with a feeling of of like be of having been manipulated yeah um rather than like getting the full weight yeah. of of it um but yeah, instead of going like oh we have somebody else in 10 minutes to, like that they have to rush through the people it's like have a half an hour an hour yeah after for each person to I know that when you put thousands of people, it's more thousands of hours, but that's the difference between being ethical and unethical in my yeah. point of view. Because, like, otherwise the results would be tainted if, like, you explain anyway. To even the, even uh, the way they show how he, um, and he I, himself talks to them, because he is yeah. such a, like, odd... Yeah, but he comes in as the assistant. Yeah, but, like, it even... Yeah, he's not going to be like, oh, I'm Dr. Milgram or whatever, but, like that it's the way he talks to them about it as well it's all it's all very matter of fact yeah. and you know like you don't have someone there who's kind of like worried about it and they're all and they and... all stand it's the way they they deal with them afterwards where they all stand around and it's like ha 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 you know it's so funny blah 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 where you still feel like that they're almost like intimidated into accept that it's fine well, like, rather it's than almost, it's almost better what like that the movie goes oh yeah this is it was better now that we were being honest to them. It's almost better when they went to uh, when they were lying that Jim Gaffigan would come out and go like, "Oh, I'm just a bit squeamish. It didn't hurt that much, or whatever." Mm. That uh, because then the the other person is like, "Oh, okay, I, I wasn't tricked." Yeah, you know, like uh, in their view, is like I just did that in the in the studio. Not saying that that's ethical either, and saying no. that between the two, it's a better reaction for the person because he only has to process. The fact that he went to the highest level. Yeah. He doesn't have to process that he went to the highest level and everything was a lie. You yeah. know? All, all in a very, like, because the whole thing only lasts like an hour yeah. or something. So all this is happening. And then you literally, you're out the front door and you're yeah. like back on the street and you're like, what the fuck that just I think happened that to in me? The, when they're like also saying this, your mind is a bit squeamish that they said that, oh, that was just the numbers that came in the machine. It's been recalibrated. So actually what we shock you with was only like 20 hertz and like, well, your mind like mm. the, it only goes to like 60 hertz. So it's like a bit of a pinch, but nothing mental. 
Um, and but also I think that the film is unethical in its depiction of the experiment when the movie itself releases the fact that 35% of the participants uh, left. Like, like he does say that not a single one went to check on your man mm. or whatever, but like that 35% of the participants actually didn't reach the end. They gave up at some yeah, point. Yeah, but they, get, they got to earliest. like 300 or something. Well, like, yeah. I think he's, he said that, that like every one of them, like in the actual, not just in the film, but like in the real experiment, um, that 100% of people got to a certain point. Like everyone would at least attempt to participate. Yeah, in some until fashion. like your man says stop. Yeah. Like that that would be the, the point that like some people stopped, some people stopped not on the first stop or the second stop, like that they stopped. But the thing is that in the film, they only until le- way later in the movie, it only depicts one person doing it. So you, you're shown about seven or eight. They don't have like the same ratio. Yeah, it should have been the, because it's skewing your takeaway, your takeaway from that experiment to the point that I felt it like I was cheated as well. When but like I would have felt cheated if I hadn't read the, the like so much about Milgram before. Uh, that I would I have felt cheated. Uh, Not because they say it. So. Yeah, but they say it like an hour after you, you left the fucking experiment. Like 40 minutes after you left the experiment. Do they? Yeah, like it, they only say it when the book comes out. Which is like 10 years after or whatever, 12 years afterwards. It's mm. like the, they give the number. Because everything else is like talking about like not a single person went into the room. Uh like uh, people said that I nobody would right do it that. and stuff. I'm pretty sure he says the stats when he's in the room at the start. No, he doesn't. Really? Yeah, he only like in the well, like from my recollection. I um, don't think you're right on that, to be honest. Like, and I know like my memory's terrible, but because I probably wouldn't notice that. Well, like maybe on the second watch, you were like, oh, you already expected the number to be there. Maybe, but like I'm not gonna remember that like that it was thirty five percent or what you know what I mean. Like I'm pretty no, because like otherwise it's just like keeping it for a shock later or something. Like that. It's not keeping it for a shock. Yeah, That's the thing I, is that it's just presented as the like a matter of fact number as if you already knew the number, but also the the fact that the I'm movie gonna have to look that up because I don't. I don't think you're right. On that. But even if it is that they said it earlier, it's still not the true depiction of what the study actually. What the result of the study is and even if they threw the number before it was so insignificant because it was before the experiment you seen the experiments mm. that you don't equate to the relationship so even if they didn't call attention to it and it's there it's still bad like filmmaking because you're because the I rest don't, of the movie, I don't think you're right. Like I'm almost no, certain but he's. Even, but I'm no. saying that even but it's, if the, they it's, say it's it, it's pointed that he says it. Like it's clear because you're you're like I'm because you're paying like at this point of the film because everything is very like technical and it's the the process of the thing itself is that like he definitely says it and says it in a very like pointed manner as he's like discussing it to camera or whatever. Like definitely, I, I think you're wrong there, but. If you're, if I just gentleman's pet, pro- pro- all gentleman's right. If I just projected, um, then, uh, then fair enough. But um, I don't remember noticing that. But um, yeah, but I think that even if they said it, I think it's in a, like that's the thing is that even if they say the numbers, like it's far more impactful for an audience what you see and what you experience than like a number thrown at you. And if it is the, the, the I know that it's less drama, but it's more interesting. I think because it's what happened in real life. To have that because the entirety of the rest of the movie is basing your fucking understanding of the experiment and the results of the experiment in a gut, good oral level because you're not fucking reading the paper or the mm. book or whatever. You're watching a movie with a main character or whatever. So for one, already having him as the main character is that by nature you relate to that person because it's the person that is most on screen and it's the first person that you see on screen almost. Uh, so you kind of relate to the character in a way that you don't relate to the others, you know? Mm. So I think that not showing, like, the truth of the experiment, even, like, how they reacted more when people said no, and how did people say no? Mm. Because you only have one person going, and also they dismiss him, because they, they go, like, he's an electrician. Mm. So, like, he... It just, he doesn't count. It doesn't count because he has been shocked before. So he's empathizing with the person getting shocked 
because he's been shocked before. Mm. It's not that he's stopping because of moral morality. It's that he's stopping because of like being able to empathize with somebody that he can't see. Yeah. Which is the the, the one of the the two main uh things that the experiment was trying to prove. That one is like that you, you conform to authority and also that you have no empathy for somebody that you can't see. Yeah. And then like they briefly mentioned oh we changed it as well that you we had him holding the hand oh, that's there so fucked up. <laughs> yeah but then it's like it doesn't spend enough time because that is completely unethical yeah you know what i mean because then it's like it's a complete different ball game mm. you know like what you're that you're literally through. forcing yeah. them yeah that they're wearing like gloves and everything else and the movie just skips by it so that's why i'm saying that it's like not saying that it wasn't entertaining but i think that in it's a not, movie that it deals clear, so much about it's ethics not clearly enough uh yeah okay especially I, I the way that like the, the part that they dismissed him i was like oh that doesn't feel right like because uh like and the fact that then then they don't show somebody just dismissing it morally when like f- nearly 40 percent of the people did like uh leave you know mm. for whatever reasons but like you can't dis- well, nearly 40 percent 37 percent he says was it 37 yeah, yeah so it's nearly 40 percent if you round the numbers yeah so if nearly 40 percent of the people that are so it's like one like four in ten people walked out of that room without finishing the experiment and you only show one person you dismiss them so like you're basically saying the entirety of society except for somebody if you've already been through a similar experience you can't empathize and there'll be room there also to explore why people stop the same way that it's exploring why people continue yeah and i think that i think that that that's an interesting part of the experiment but i don't think that's what milgram was interested in i think that he became overwhelmed by the other side of it and i think like in the end like the decision to not show that is like as much reflecting him and his decisions which is in the end what the film is about but i know what you mean how like like i think because in a way we almost want the movie to be more about the experiment than about him no, like, I don't have like, a problem with it being about him. Is that the movie spends so much after the experiment talking about the ethics of the experiment that it's un- unethical to not present the experiment as it was. Hmm. Because then you can judge the character for what he was. And then it doesn't matter that you're still watching his point of view and hearing his arguments or whatever. But at least you have, like, a pie, like at least one more person to walk out and that they just walked out because of more reasons. You think reasons. it's too biased towards... Uh... It's far too biased for a movie that is so focused on, like, the ethics of it. If the movie was purely, like, a biography of him and the experiments and kind of sitting back and let it be or whatever and not focus and also in like his ethical battles both in like interviews on tv with jim cavett and whatever. i love that scene <laughs> the uh, if it didn't focus on that later on i wouldn't have that much of an issue with it but it's kind of um not irresponsible filmmaking itself because it's not like a movie for one that would be like packing uh cineplexes everywhere the people who like change their no, minds but i don't think that the... matters but i think that it is uh, uh, a flawed in the statement of filmmaking that like the, the movie is presented as an argument and that's what the movie is it's an argument for his work and in some ways it does address the flaws of his work and the flaws of him as an individual mm. but at the same time is that it pulls a lot of punches that it shouldn't pull yeah you know like uh if you think even the the way when they discuss it like when your one is like give uh, uh when uh his student in, in the class is like uh, <laughs> i love that <laughs> telling him stuff how like dismissive he is of her yeah and then also how like clearly uh that's the thing as well like the way that the other student goes and talks to white nona rider about like how he controls her and stuff mm. and then but the movie doesn't show you enough of white nona rider to really make a decision if that's true or not 
Yeah. Because she's like, oh, I'm happy doing this work, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, is that is she being kind of like, quote unquote, brainwashed into like being under his influence? Or does she really enjoy doing the work? Or no, I don't know, because like she's as wall, like paper thin as a motel wall that like Leonard Cohen is on the other side listening <laughs> to sex in this side. So <laughs> your fucking metaphors are being beautiful today. <laughs> very good so i i i I, that's the thing like uh you struggled you struggled yeah i struggled because it is also such an interesting topic and such good performances there's so much uh material to mine from and i think that the decisions to spend so much time in some some Mm. moments oh i definitely i definitely i definitely agree with that that there are there are wasted opportunities here i think but um i think overall um for me anyways like i i kind of agree with you in, in some of the like the the ethical decisions of the of the director but um for me like i think that definitely they could have gone tougher on him and like the more i think about it i think you are right about the representation of the actual experiment itself which is kind of disappointing because like that that first sequence is so good yeah otherwise and like in every way not just in that it's like snazzily put together or whatever um but uh yeah, like it's like mine is 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 the right is the right um is the right word because like there's just there's so much here and um I think that this like, this film could have done more but I think it does enough for me for it to still be like just a really like interesting strange like never seen little movie like it is like kind of interesting I think how um obviously like this is not a very big movie there's no massive stars in this it's um but it is a strangely like I remember whenever it came out that didn't really make kind of like cause any waves whatsoever and um it is like it's it's a it's an odd little film that just kind of like got kind no, of like... i did enjoy it and i did think that it was a lot to talk about but like i said i think it's a movie that deals with like treats a lot of uh, a lot of things at surface level when it's like really deep and other things really deep and very well done and that's why i'm like mm. disappointed by it because if the same quality was thrown throughout and also if there was more care in the filmmaking side to present a better argument not a not an exact argument per se because like obviously the director sides with milgram but also give enough material that if you disagree with milgram you have the material there as well not make a complete Mm. bias because i think in the end like even if even if he had made this like much more um objectively or like um, even if he'd gone on the other side of like going against Milgram, I think it's very hard to present him and his work without you coming away with some like interest and respect for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, he like I think he, like it's almost as if he could have been braver than he even was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that always seems to be the way. Doesn't it's it? <laughs> it's a very close to being a hagiography, like very close. It's not, but it's it's close. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what's your favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing is probably like the first section of the movie, like mm. it, uh, when it deals with the experiment, but it's more because it has more time to deal with one of the experiments, like what I'm interested in, really. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Peter Sarsgaard. Definitely. Oh, like, he's just. That beard. <gasps> Sorry, can I repeat? Like, <laughs> like, it's the beard. That's he my just favorite thing. Stop. Like, don't. Oh, no, God. It's the he's... beard. It's the combo between the yeah. beard and the hair. Yes. Because he kind of had like pointy hair at the mm. moment. But like kind of almost like a minor mohawk almost. That is like yeah. the... the, the it's the perfect ratio, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's like pointy and pointy kind of. Um, and he's he's such an interesting guy. Like He's just strange, like, like pockmarked face. And he has like a very prominent chin as well. Yeah. And like he doesn't like his eyes are quite like small, but they're quite like... I don't know. He's just such an interesting face, and like, there's just something very attractive about him at the same time. Um, even in like the 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 sixties and seventies garb, but um, yeah, he's just he is fantastic, and like, he just shows up in things and, and has this presence. And, I think um, that he's one of those actors that really acts with his eyes, mm. as in that like you can see the thinking that is like a really good performance of and that's the character, why, yeah. not of performance yeah like he's not yeah. thinking about the technicality of his performance and where he has to stand and how 
30 or whatever so you can see before he says something how he came to that word kind of like a, it's not wasn't a word written in a page let's say it was yeah. a word that was thought and i think that very much like anthony hopkins i think that his mm. acting has a uh, a lot similar that he because it seems to me like Hopkins says the reason that he can do it is that he reads the script like he memorizes the lines so much that when he they're like he's saying his own words kind of but also that he's able to discover new things while saying them Mm. because he's not worried about what's the next uh, sentence yeah or how am I gonna get to that emotion so because he already felt that Mm. because he already went through these emotions with the character so he was just like mining the emotion from back in his own past in his memory but i think sarah's guy must mm. do something similar in his technique i think like oh like one of my favorite sarah's Guard moments is um in shattered glass whenever they go to the place where they yeah. the, the supposed conference happened like the hacker, hacker conference oh my god like no one has fucking seen shattered glass it's a stri- i have seen it you have which is most very upsetting to me because i love that movie so much and it would have been epic but um second best hayden he, christensen performance it's like what like oh my god as good what as Revenge happened? of the Sith. What happened to him? Like, oh my god, like you see him in this and you're like, holy shit. But um, like he he basically takes him to this uh, like uh, the whole thing is if you don't know the backstory of um Shattered Glass is that Stephen Glass was a writer for the New Republic and he made up a lot of stories basically. But um, the story has like slowly but surely unraveling and uh, Peter Sarsgaard is slowly but surely working it out and he takes him there and like oh it's like you're so you're almost like worried for Hayden Christensen as well because you know he's like oh it's just it's it's they're both really brilliant and it's it's a, even like the. I mean, it's just really it's a it's a really great film it's a great performance um what's your least favorite thing um probably the bet with uh um William Shatner <laughs> it's just it just doesn't work at all and like even leading up to it and, and the argument and that whole section just it really falls flat for me and um even when the producer shows up and the, yeah, and the fucking... I mean he gets a few funny lines in but it, it uh, no it, it doesn't it doesn't really work for me and it's quite disappointing because it, it didn't feel like that's where the movie was going you yeah. know and it sort of just found itself there and I was like no but um it did gain it back for me yeah um what was your least favorite thing uh, probably that, but also like uh, a series all of the other things. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a movie that frustrated me terribly, mainly mm. because I wanted to like it more than I did, and uh, I do think that they're like that's the thing is that Peter's highest guy in the role de- deserved a better movie, and then Winona Ryder deserved the role, not. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, cool. Uh, yeah, that was Experimenter. Um, seek it out. It's if you're sick of. So, you know the imitation game and shit like that yeah. you're you're kind of it, it is, it's not paint by numbers biopic um, oh jesus no and it, it's but, also um, not as um whatchamacallit boringly staged as imitation game is yeah that was really disappointing um uh, it was glacial <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing i think pace in this is yeah. is, is really impressive. oh no it, it chokes along yeah. okay, like it, 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 but like halfway through the movie, it, like in the beginning, it feels like a a, a jogging man. Uh, for the re- for the middle of the movie, it just feels like somebody that tripped, but does like that kind of trip that takes forever to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> they fall into an ending, uh, and somehow manage to stick the landing. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like they do like the gymnastic kind of like presentation stand after falling down. <laughs> Just quick notes. A uh, quick note on the uh, cinematographer. He's quite interesting. Um, this is very interestingly shot, but he actually did a, another very, very odd little movie um, called uh, "We Are What We Are," which is a strange, like, family cannibal movie. Which I would like is bizarre and totally doesn't work, but is visually very interesting and has like one particularly very good performance in it. And if you're looking for an odd movie of a Saturday night, throw it on. Also, on that watch note. Michael O'Meara's Twister with Hardine Stanton. Yes, that the also. cover is a Twister with Hardine Stanton sitting in the sofa. I have not seen it, but I want to see it now. <laughs> on that note, uh, next week's film is Ricardo's pick. No, it's not my pick. It's Felipe's Aye. pick. Yes, we have a uh, another special episode, and we are returning to our first ever guest, the wonderful Felipe Deacon. And what's his choice? Primer. Primer, interesting. Uh, yeah, delving into, he's kind of going back, sort of to this to a similar genre, I suppose that he picked in his uh, his yeah. previous pick. If you're if you're wondering uh, 
what 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 Felipe is all about, um, go back and listen to Beyond the Black Rainbow. And if you're really wondering what Felipe is about, go and watch Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh, which is <laughs> our one and only Canadian movie. Um, Somewhere beyond the black, black rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding where can they find us? They can find us on the recommendation <laughs> game on Facebook. They can find us at the rec game on Twitter. The recommendation game at gmail.com. And if for a little data, the episode's also in the Dublin she Digital Radio. She has not, but she will. 12, uh, the Dublin Digital Radio Mix. I'll crowd. be busy. And then also, if you want to support Irish Independent Radio, uh, you can uh, support Dublin Digital Radio on their Patreon. And Ooh. also, a uh, big thanks to everybody that has supported it so far because they reached a target well. recently and so. uh, they're uh, ever expanding. So, thank you. Uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla Martinez. 120 volts! <laughs> <laughs> no humming! See you next week! <laughs>